Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <ríe> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawái es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously. Shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. You're having a great week. You're doing huge things at work or feeling so productive working on a personal project. And then boom, it hits you like a train out of nowhere. Mom guilt. We fight it. We ignore it. We rationalize. But let's face it, we all live with it. And today, we're going to talk about how we manage this and give you the pep talk that you probably need today. We read the books. We bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay, because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hi. So today we're going to talk about mom guilt. I think this is something that we've seen a lot in some of your comments on Instagram. Like people have lots of feelings about this. But before we start, we're going to go into our motherish moment of the week. Pamela? I'll start. So my motherish moment of the week, it has to do with the podcast. <laughs> I just felt very grateful to Ford because even though he's still a baby I always feel like he finds a way to help me out when I need it the most and we have been very busy as we mentioned before we both work full-time I've been very busy at work as mm, you know yeah. hectic days in the newsroom and on top of that on the side we're doing this podcast as a hobby which I love <laughs> and enjoy it's supposed to be it's and a it's lot supposed to be work. a creative escape and it is. therapy that we are providing for each other but it's still work you know especially when we want to do something well done and we want to put our heart and soul into it with all that on top of that I'm managing 
teaching the baby and his demands and he has just been extra sweet and great mm. and sleeping amazing and eating great and i just wanted to thank him so i had a moment where i'm kind of just again i think i was on the laptop doing a zoom call prepping for an interview that i was going to do for work and i think i was texting you about something we we're dealing with regarding the podcast and he was just standing in his little like play area that i place him on mm-hmm. that little i forgot what it's called but he was just standing there and kind of just glanced at me and looked at me and smiled at me and he was just he's like you got so this cute. mama <laughs> yeah so without saying it, he just he finds a way to send that message out there and i'm just so grateful for him so mm. just wanted to thank him good so my mother's moment is the last appointment at the pediatrician she asked me a few questions and she said is your daughter doing you know this this and that and i said no he went into those questionnaires and you're like, no, no, no. No, but this one I was like happy about because she was like, these are signs of her being ready for potty training. And I'm like, nope, she's not doing any of those. We're good. <laughs> we can stick to diapers. And then this week, she did a couple of things where she was like, mommy, pañal. Like she wanted me to change her diaper. And then there was another moment where, guys, she pooped in the bathtub, but she was like, bubble, bubble. And I'm like, no, don't create awareness about these things because then that means that she understands what's going on and then so Victoria's only 20 months but I don't know it's way too early right there are some moms that are already starting like to create conscious of it like not actually do it but well you're supposed to like from what I understand I have to you know if I go to the bathroom and she follows me it's fine and I tell her like mommy is doing this and then you do that so now like she understands that the toilet paper goes in the toilet and I don't want this is a milestone I don't want her to That's my mother's moment of the week. I think that I might have to start exploring and preparing myself for potty training with Victoria. All right, so mom guilt. I want to start by asking you, Pamela, when was the first time that you felt you experienced some sort of mom guilt? I think the first time was probably the first week I had four. I know, the (laughs) first day, no. I think the first week when I brought him, or the first, I mean, he was 10 days in the NICU. So the first week I had him at home, actually had him at home. I think there was a time where I just wanted to nap. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was able, I think I asked my sister, I don't remember who I asked. Like, can you please just watch? He's going to wake up. Like, I think it was 20 minutes. I'm very strict and disciplined with the times I've been since like day one mm-hmm. with Ford. So I know exactly when he's going to wake up, when he's going to get tired, when he's going to start like scratching his little eyes. When, I mean, which also makes it very helpful because I could plan around his schedule and I could have other people help me. Mm-hmm. So I think I asked my mom, my sister, and I remember I went to take a nap. I actually put on my PJs. So I should, you know, you have to psychologically prepare yourself. I think I was so tired tired anyway but I went to lay down and take a nap and I couldn't sleep because I felt bad that I wasn't next to his crib oh god I know you know like I was like I want him home so bad (laughs) I want him home so bad and I finally had him home but I was just so tired that I was like let me just go to my bed and sleep and I was like I just want to nap but I actually couldn't I don't think I ever got to nap that moment because I got up and I went back Mm -hmm. to where he was and Mm -hmm. again there was nothing I could do he's sleeping in his bassinet but I just felt horrible. So I think that's the first time that I actually was conscious that I was feeling really guilty about mm-hmm. something that I know that I needed. Because that's another yeah. thing. I needed to sleep to be able yeah. to function. But yeah, I think that was the first documented mom guilt moment that it's I just think so, I have in my memory. I personally have a lot of experiences with mom guilt in relation to self-care. Although rationally, I know like self-care is really important. I need to do this. Take care of yourself. Then you're better for the baby. You're better for everyone else. Like my brain says, yeah. Yes, but then my heart sometimes is like, but, but, but. I think my first mom guilt experience was 
Related to trying to breastfeed, I won't go into it too much, but in a nutshell, I felt guilty for blaming myself for not trying hard enough. <laughs> I didn't think that I tried long enough or hard enough to breastfeed. And because I found that alternative option with exclusive pumping, I said, okay, I'm going to take this easy way out. And for a while, that did linger in my head. I mean, head. there's no easy way out. No, Every- no. <laughs> and exclusive pumping, by the way, is by far like easy because it's actually more time dedicated to like you pump and then you feed and then you wash the pump parts. And then by the time that like, you know, at the beginning when they're having milk every two hours or feeding every two hours, like all of my time was going into pumping. Like my actual breaks in between were cut down to like maybe 30 minutes. So you minutes. felt guilty once you made the decision that that's what you were going to do? Yes, because I felt guilty thinking, oh, look at you taking the easy way out, which is not true, but that's how I felt. So you mentioned a little while ago that a lot of the feedback on social media was regarding mom guilt. And I did get a few messages. One of my friends, Janine, actually sent me a message regarding the guilt that she felt when she was a C-section. And mm. both of our were C-sections as well. Yeah. And she was absolutely right. I think I found myself feeling so... First of all, I was really, really upset that it was not a natural birth. I had envisioned that moment, preparing my body, preparing my mind. I, it was ready. I was ready. Everything was in place for it to happen for, you know, whatever reasons it did not, for medical reasons it did not. But she was telling me, like, I felt so embarrassed mm. when I was telling people that I was a C-section. She found herself, and I could relate to that, justifying it. Oh, I was a C-section because, you know, I took too long and the, I, my amniotic fluid was, you know, had had been gone for 28 hours and it was dangerous for the baby and the doctor suggested and, and we shouldn't have to justify, right? Like, no. kind of, And again, same thing with breastfeeding too. I found myself, I was really, really, again, upset with myself that I didn't breastfeed longer mm-hmm. after I went back to work. So I breastfed for four months. It's a great amount of time. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. For me, it was not, thank God, a very traumatic or painful four latched on really easy. You know, he's a butter hey, yeah. <laughs> Or do you see him? He's a hungry boy. He's like, um, yes, yeah, ma'am. He I'll took take everything. Face. He took the press. He took the bottle. He took formula. He does he's not like, you discriminate. you got a sandwich? Even I'll now that we're doing the baby led weaning, um, I'm always like, I think he's going to like this. And he likes everything. Yeah. <laughs> and he's so cute when he eats because he really enjoys it. It's like, he's delicious. I just feel like those are things that are very common for women to go through, right? A C-section, obviously. And mm. the fact that some people either choose not to breastfeed or... And everyone's... And I do believe, because I had a great doula that I took a lactation class with. And I really believe when she told me, your body is meant to do this, right? And I do think we are. We are. I believe it. But another fact is your body can also be affected by stress and emotion and if something's wrong during that time and again we're like at that point we're in the middle of a pandemic there's so many other external factors that i think become obstacles for our body and our brains and the power of the mind is so powerful that i think we also have to be sensitive to those things you know and be more gentle and more forgiving to ourselves and to our bodies at the very beginning so many moms i have to be very specific about this were like give yourself grace And I'm like, okay, but I didn't do this. And they told me that this was supposed to be, you know, you're made for this, whatever. It's hard. But I think what's also interesting is that as moms, we find guilt or we feel guilt with very different things. And there's no way of knowing like what you're going to feel guilty about. I had a C-section and honestly, I would be lying if I didn't tell you that when my doctor said, 
okay, Karen, it's time. Like we need to do a C-section because I was induced, it wasn't working. My amniotic fluid was extremely low and it was like decision time. A part of me inside was like, phew. Okay. Really? I was yes. heartbroken. I cried mm-hmm. when they told me that that I had to choose a C-section at that point for yeah. the safety of the baby. Again, when they ended up pulling up for it, his medical cord was wrapped twice around his oh neck, which I do believe that they could untangle during a vaginal birth, <laughs> right? So I'm not excusing that. I don't think that was an excuse for it. But I really was heartbroken because, again, you have this vision of how things are going to go and you feel like physically I was so ready for it. I yeah. Had, you know, yeah. we talked about this having healthy, uneventful, uneventful pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes down to like touchdown time, this is it, yeah. you know, like you've had a good game and this is the time to score. I felt like it didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen. And I really, really, really was very disappointed even now i get teared up like i thinking about him like i just want to undo it and do it oh my god stop. i know this is mom's crazy i know in real time here we go so my mom said that i was probably relieved about realizing that i had to have a c-section because i had never had any surgery before and she was like you're crazy like this is a major surgery whatever but here i am on the other side of it and to be honest thank god luckily i had a very good recovery and i would do it all over again because i've heard scary things about uh vaginal birth that i no i don't want to but it's funny i always thought i mean i think i still think it's the most beautiful thing and i saw i watched a lot of videos and I spoke to a lot of moms. And again, my yeah. doula, who was amazing, this doula that I mean, she wasn't with me, obviously, because she was not allowed to during the pandemic. But this is someone that a friend of mine recommended. And we did a few virtual classes. And I really believed in what she, mm-hmm. you know, explained to us. And it just makes so much sense. And it goes back to like her ancestors. And I don't know, it was just fascinating to me. And I think it's the most beautiful thing. But I do have to... I do celebrate all births, right? Like we have to be grateful for our bodies go Mm -hmm. through, whether it's vaginal C-section and just not feel guilty and not feel like we have to justify the fact that we're doing or something when one way instead of the other. Yeah. Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawaii es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Si no sabes que el Spicy McCrispy tiene spicy pepper sauce en el pan de arriba y en el pan de abajo, ¿qué sabes tú de la vida? Para pa pa pa. So something that I have very conscious in my mind, especially as we do this podcast, is that we are let's say, at the very early stages of this journey, right? And so there are a lot of things that we might talk about that maybe someone who's listening who has older children or has adult children already would be like, oh, look at you, you guys, so early. (laughs) But I think what we're trying to do, there's two things to this. One, there's always people behind us, meaning people who are, they just found out they're pregnant, are about to go through this for the first time. So this might be helpful for them. But I think also the sooner that you become aware and conscious about proactive actively tackling these things like mom guilt, the better it can be. 
But with that, I will say that as I talk about mom guilt and have thought about this with you know family and friends, I have found that mom guilt lasts forever. <laughs> so my mom, I don't know if she's going to be excited or want to kill me that I'm talking about her in the podcast, but my mom and I were talking about something the other day. I think it was related to Victoria and how well she eats and, you know, baby led weaning and stuff. So my mom was a, with my brother, who is 12 years younger than me. She had a very hard time for a lot of different reasons. She unconfirmed, but very likely had postpartum depression. She had a very difficult physical pregnancy, difficult postpartum. And my brother was not an easy baby. He had reflux, very hard. So cute though, if he's listening, so cute. <laughs> um, but it was just so hard and so when it came to the topic of food she tried everything to try to feed him in the best way that she could do and was constantly like adapting to him which now you know they tell you don't do that you offer them the food and you say this is the food no tactics like tv or you can watch tv while you eat and i'll feed you and chase you around and feed you so when she watches me with Victoria, where I try to practice these things, like now is the time that we eat, we're gonna eat together, this is what you're eating, and I'm not gonna sit here and juggle to give right. you different things because you say no. And the concept of baby led weaning, of giving her solids from the very beginning, she said to me in conversation, she goes, I wish I had done something like that, or I, you know, just seeing you makes me. So she's going back and feeling guilty about things she already did in the My past. My brother is 24. And so she was completely triggered by this and literally started crying saying, I think about all the things that I did might have done wrong with your brother and maybe it's my fault. And I said, holy moly, you are having mom guilt. And he is like a young man, independent in his career. But that's when it hit me. I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be a long time. It's going to be forever. And we're going to have to constantly bob and weave these situations of mom guilt because it doesn't go away. She has like mom guilt things with me that I'm like, mom, I'm fine. <laughs> but it just, in relation to me specifically, it was around self-care stuff. So she's like, make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure that you don't get lost in motherhood. And whatever. And but like, I think maybe that's why a lot of the grandmothers are such amazing grandmothers, even mm -hmm. if maybe they weren't great mothers. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's their chance of redoing things. It's their second opportunity to maybe say, I love you more often. Yeah. They have more time available. So maybe they were working moms back then when they were raising their children. They have the time to spend it with their grandchildren. Maybe is there, and again, I'm just making an assumption here. Maybe is there a chance to make whatever wrong they feel they did right yeah. through this you know new generation of children in love i want to though so whatever wrong they did which was probably the best they could do at the time and here's this kind of leads me to another point which is around managing your expectations right so we hold high expectations for ourselves as mothers a lot of our mom guilt comes from the fact that we are not acting or performing at the level of what our expectations right. according to the picture that you envision right exactly. Same, it goes back to like what we were discussing like the type of labor you wanted the type of you know how you wanted to breastfeed how you wanted to look after you gave birth how you wanted to handle work after you were able to you know leave your kid at home so i think is what we expected the outcome to be mm -hmm. and what reality was and finding a balance between those two and just accepting the fact that whatever the outcome did end up being that is the one that was the best for and, you at and that it was time. the best you could do exactly it was the best you could do at the time which it might not be right or it might not be perfect it's unlikely to be perfect actually but it's the best you could do and you can't put yourself down for doing the best you can do 
what now as Ford is wanting more of your attention, because this is something that you've talked about as well. So he's passing that stage of like baby that sits in a rocker and can chill to being more active and wanting your time. By the way, this stage was really challenging for me because they start becoming very demanding and it's hard to give uninterrupted quality time, which everything I've read and heard indicates that that is the best route to go whenever possible, even if it's for like little pockets of time. Yeah. So I find myself feeling a constant sense of guilt at this stage of Ford's life, that he's a baby and he's, I think he's trying to crawl now mm-hmm. because I feel like anything that I do right now is going to have such a long lasting effect on my child that if I mess anything up, it's going to be my fault. Oh my so God. when it, I know it's crazy. Stop. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, so like, when it comes to like eating or like, you know, the talking, the milestones, like I feel like this first year And again, I don't know if I've read it somewhere or someone told me, you know, something that just sticks in your head. Like the first year is the most important year and they learn and they develop and whatever you establish during these months is going to be like, I feel this weight on my shoulder that whatever I do right now is going to determine the man that my son's going to end up being, (laughs) which I know is not completely true. Mm -hmm. I find myself like, okay, am I talking enough to him? Mm -hmm. Am I doing enough eye contact with him? Am I playing with him? Am Mm -hmm. I hugging him enough? You know, am I leaving him too long in his, because he's very independent. And I say this because again, he sleeps in his crib since Mm -hmm. he was like three months old by himself in his room. Like an old person, okay? He is an adult. Um, I'm gonna have Victoria talk to him, see if she can uh, adapt to some He'll of this. He'll do a Zoom with her and then like meet up and discuss things. No, but even last night, I worked too late because they had something with, with coronavirus and they, they approved the vaccination. So I had to end up working late and I have access to the camera on my cell phone and I just saw him sleeping. I didn't get a chance to put him in. And I was like, he's alone in his little room and it's been cold here in Miami. I won't. By cold, we mean oh. 55 or 60. <laughs> yeah. uh, but his room is very cold for some reason. And I just felt, I start questioning myself. And that's the mom oh, guilt, yeah. right? Like, yeah. should I have said, hey, I can't stay late. I need to go put four in the bed. Like, there's only certain, these windows I feel also becoming so short. At some point, he is not going to want me to tuck him into bed. He's not going to need me to tuck him into bed. And it's just like, it puts a lot of stress on me and pressure, especially during these months. But it also, and and from a positive perspective, it also gets me very excited about the fact that I'm establishing a good foundation for him. Mm -hmm. So the conversations that we have, and I have like adult conversations with him, I explain everything (laughs) to him. I'm like, okay, you know, I narrate everything as we do. Um, I explain to him why I'm doing this. Like, okay, I'm going to get you dressed a little bit cold today. So I'm going to put an extra layer on you and it might be a little uncomfortable, but then I'm going to put another sweat. And he just turned at me. But I feel like I'm. it gets me excited to know that whatever I'm doing at the time that I'm investing and everything that I do for him and with him are for his long-term mm-hmm. success and development. I'm going to say something here, which is here's like a real life example of how two moms have different tactics, but it's because different things work for them. Here's Pamela, a very structured mother who has wanted to, from the very beginning, based on things that you read that resonated with you, do a very structured tactics, let's say, for sleeping. 
I, I'm going to just put myself out here, here, which I know another topic for another episode is mom judginess. But <laughs> so we did co-sleeping and we still do co-sleeping, not to the full extent, but there's always a part of the night where I end up sleeping in Victoria's bed now. And I also believe that that is the best thing. However, I have experienced loads and loads of mom guilt by thinking in my head before I decided this was the best thing, doubting like, look at all these other moms, they sleep trained and I didn't and I'm doing the wrong thing and this is going to cause lifelong damage to my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) But I now I've come to terms that no, there can be multiple ways to come out this topic specifically and both can be fine and it's what works for you and your family and that's where it ends period as long as it's safe of course and we practice safe co-sleeping but if it's safe and it works for you then it's the best you can do and that's where it ends and again it's easier said than done when you try to justify or kind of eliminate or downplay the mom guilt mm-hmm. and again we are the ones putting this going oh, on yeah, in our head no. like no one's I have an experience mom shaming I guess mm. I feel like I find myself feeling either embarrassed for things that I didn't do or that I'm doing over justify or find mm-hmm. the reason oh I'm doing this because okay no I'm doing this period that's because the end of you it. like it I, again I'm not I blame myself and I think the more time has passed and um I think as the hormones also have to play a role in it. Yeah. Like once yeah. they start balancing themselves yep. out, yeah. you start seeing things a lot more clearly. And I started just being more grateful to me and more gracious and more flexible. Yeah. Right? Like in terms My of instinct- it's okay if I'm not going to tuck him in tonight. Like yeah, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. rush through traffic no, just no, no, to like, no. and I was doing that at the beginning, right? Yeah. My instinct, though, is that with every new major phase that we go through, we're going to go right back into some of this mom guilt uh, thing that comes into when we have to make big decisions for how we want to raise our children. I've come to a good place with what I did with breastfeeding. I've come to a good place with what I've done with sleeping. I'm fine. I'm overall that agonizing back and forth, whatever. With my working life, I'm also like, okay, cool. It's fine. But now I'm like, oh, some kids are going to school, pandemic and all, whatever. We can put that aside. But like there are children now that are going to daycare. Am I doing the wrong thing by not having her go to school, considering that I have the opportunity to have her stay at home and I'm able to do that? These little things are creeping your head. My mom also, guys, huge influence in my life, which is why I talk about her all the time. (laughs) But she was telling me how when, especially with girls, so with daughters, that when they hit the teenage stage and you see that first time that they are connecting with maybe like a boy or a potential boyfriend and connecting with someone in like an emotional level, that it, she said it was like heartbreaking for her. And the mom guilt was like, how do I deal with this and let her be free? Although I'm losing my friend, my baby girl, my, you know, She's like, this never goes away. And I'm like, ah, sorry, this sucks. <laughs> and again, it's, I think we are also our biggest enemies. Yeah. But so- we also, I, and I think this is where, where we need to be more proactive about being conscious of it yes. and just maybe spend more time. And I think we don't do this. 
uh, you know, as often as we should, which is celebrate ourselves. And I know it sounds so cliche and so cheesy. I mean, like, okay, let's celebrate our triumphs. <laughs> but I think maybe, the, I mean, like we have our, our motherish moments. It forces me mm-hmm. to think of a highlight. I mean, sometimes there are low lights because I just want to share a low light. But yeah. sometimes I'm like, you know what? I want to share something positive. What was something positive that happened? And it forces me because time goes by so fast and we don't stop to think about the good things that we're doing. And, and again, I think our children are a reflection of our efforts as moms. And then I look at four and I look at Victoria and I'm like, we're killing it. They're good. They're good. <laughs> yeah. They're good. And I'm just, again, very grateful and blessed. But I do think it's a reflection of mm-hmm. all the good things that we've done. Again, we're far from being perfect and we're still trying to figure this out. But I think every mom out there should look at their children, you know, when they're smiling and when mm-hmm. they're like eating on their own or they're taking their first steps. Give yourself credit. Yeah. Give yourself yeah. credit. You have a lot to do with that. So yeah. I think the part of being proactive is really important. And that was something like, that was a pivot that I had to do. I would say maybe when Victoria was around nine months or so, it was almost like, unless I proactively fight this mom guilt, it is going to consume me. And it's not going to let me think clearly. What were you feeling guilty about at that point? Nine months. <sighs> The work, uh, the sleep, the traveling, the sleep, the sleep, the sleep stuff. Yeah, I had gone back to work and I was dealing with that as well, which was hard. But it was the sleep stuff because I debated it for a long time and I just wasn't making a decision. So I felt bad that I was putting Victoria through like, you know, one night I'm going to just like let you put you by yourself. Like every night I would do something different. And the poor girl was like, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? So that was hard. But then I think a lot of that was driven. And I'll be honest here with things that I was seeing on Instagram, other moms or people that I know who were saying things that were hitting me on a topic where I was feeling insecure. And so I'm like, okay, I need to proactively avoid myself being triggered all the time so that I can think clearly and make decisions. So what did you do? Just I ended up muting people, but I muted people. For your own mental health. For my own mental health because it was just messing with me. And I'm like, I need to focus on what's happening inside of my house. I found myself focusing on what was happening outside of my house. That has nothing to do with my daughter because their babies are nothing like mine. No, but you have only one of your baby, only one of you as a mom. And the negotiations that happen between those two are unique, period. So yeah, I ended up muting a lot of people that although they didn't have any bad intentions they have right, no idea right. it was affecting you it was affecting me and I had to just clean house a little bit it was like the co-worker that sent me pictures of her all her bottles oh. <laughs> nine bottles she had pumped during work yeah and I'm here like struggling You're to like, fill but. one bottle <laughs> and again they're not ill-intentioned they don't do it to no. on purpose but mm-hmm. yeah and I guess you had to be very protective of your mental health yes of your heart yes Um, These are things I think we'll talk about more in in the future, future episodes. We definitely want to talk about self-care, which I think is a part of the puzzle that will help you overall feel good. You know, really quick, I'll touch on this. When I thought of mom guilt this morning, it was, I find myself, and it took me a little while ago, at the beginning, I've gotten better. I would only leave that house or do something when Ford was sleeping. So I'm like, (laughs) yeah, of course we could do dinner. Mm -hmm. At seven o'clock when he's sleeping and, you know, and there's times where I'm like, you know what? I do deserve to go out and run some errands when he's, I struggle a little bit with that because otherwise it was like, what am I doing here when I could be with my child and he's awake and he wants Uh, to play and he wants to. I still do the majority of things and it's okay. Like, right. Again, we're clear. But you got better. I mean, you do the workouts. I say something in my head, which I don't know if it's like mean or whatever but like i'm still at the point where victoria like probably won't remember and she can't really complain to me 
We are around the corner from when she starts demanding things from me or being like, mommy, you weren't here when X, Y, Z. That's going to happen. And that is going to be completely different. So right now, I'm just kind of like, I can go because she's not going to remember. And that makes me feel better. So whatever makes you feel better is fine. Okay, so in conclusion, we're going to live with this forever. Yeah. (laughs) So we just need to be proactive about it and maybe counter attack the mom girl with... Proactivity. Yeah. Proactivity. Positive motherish moments and just celebrate. And managing our expectations. Yeah. And then try to do whatever minimizes the guilt. So if something is causing you to feel more guilty, Mm -hmm. get rid of it if you can. Something that I do, which helps me on a daily basis, especially with work and everything, is I have like a special kind of dedicated moment with Victoria after her bath at night where I try to completely just eliminate my use of my phone because she can tell. She can tell when I'm not paying attention now. So let's say I'm with her in her room playing and I'm on my phone for something, she will come and grab my hand and she's like, mommy, me siento aquí. So she wants me to sit in a very specific place and to me that's a sign like, okay, she's on to me and I need to pay attention. So I try to spend anywhere from 10 to 20, sometimes 30 minutes of uninterrupted one-on-one time with Victoria where she becomes the center of my world in that moment and if we are feeding her teddy bear in her room or whatever it is that we're doing, I focus and do that. Sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's 30, but that helps me. It helps her. You know, that that works for me as well. As you were mentioning that, I realized that I do something very similar, which every morning I'm always alone with Ford in the morning. So 6 a.m. he kind of gets up. I give him his bottle 615, 6.16, because it's 16. But for me, that moment when I turn on his light and he's smiling, because he always wakes up in a good mood, it's a funny scene. So he realizes like a minute into it that he's starving. <laughs> but he always like gets so excited and he has his little smile. He does like a little not dance but like a little wiggle in his sleeping sack in his crib and that's my moment with him and I don't care if I'm tired I don't care that it's six in the morning it's kind of like that's my moment to celebrate motherhood with him in his little room and that's why it's so important I think just to dedicate that I mean obviously I dedicate more than that but for me that moment yeah, is the, pocket. It's, it's pocket but that's what gets me going throughout the day mm-hmm. and kind of lets me know you know you have your moment if yeah. you are not here for lunch mm-hmm. because you're at work it's okay because tomorrow yeah. he's gonna wake up and you're gonna be there it's again. okay it's again. all okay and again well thank you so much for tuning to this episode today as always remember to please share your comments and feedback on our instagram account at motherish we're there we're listening and yeah we will be talking again I mean, this episode was based on your feedback. Totally. 100%. Keep the comments coming and the messages and we're always reading. Thank you. Bye. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Hacer tequila Don Julio es como escribir una carta de amor a México. Beber tequila Don Julio es como declarar ese amor al mundo entero. Don Julio es el tequila de lujo original, hecho con la misma pasión que recorre las raíces de nuestro país. Porque si no es por amor, ¿para qué? Consume responsablemente. Don Julio tequila, 40% por volumen 2020 importado.
presentado por Diageo America's New York, New York. Lo mejor, lo más impactante está por venir en Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univision.